How y'all feeling? You good? Um, I, I've recently basically lost my voice. I've been speaking a lot. Last weekend, I was uh, speaking at a church in Atlanta, then a school. Um, Friday, I got to be part of a conference in Cincinnati and speak and uh, be with some friends, Tom Crandall, Steve Backlin, and Upper Room Dallas. Got to hang out with them. They were leading worship, so uh, just a fun time. But I've been speaking a lot lately. And uh, then I, I hit the week, and I was like, oh, I speak again Sunday. I'm up. And, uh, and then, I'm, then Nicole's like, don't forget, it's baptisms and baby dedications. I was like, oh, okay. So um, I was so excited. Last week I was entering the service in Atlanta, and um, Nicole and Hadassah, we had all been talking before I flew out. And, um, and the reason we went to Atlanta, the main reason is we got to celebrate Jennifer Hetland's birthday and had, a, had an extremely fun party. It was awesome. And be around some, some folks there and Leif and different ones. But, um, but on, while, before we went there, uh, we, we were like, Hadassah was like, I think I want to get baptized. We're like, what? Okay. All right. So last week was the baptismal, um, the baptism class. So I'm texting her as I'm walking in the church. Actually, we didn't walk in the church. You take an escalator to their church. It was kind of cool. I was like, oh, first time I've ever taken an escalator. It was like a stairway to heaven. It's like, like this is awesome. Those of you old rock, rock and rollers would know what I'm talking about there. At any rate, um, it was, uh, I, I, so I'm heading to the bathroom because it was an hour drive. Anywhere you go in Atlanta is an hour. So it was an hour drive from where I was staying. And uh, she, I was like, so did you guys attend the baptism classes? Is Hadassah getting baptized? And she's like, yes. And I had a permanent smile just fixed on my face. I was like, I'm smiling right now. And then I was like, okay, now I'm crying. And I was tearing up and just crying. Like, I was just so excited to be a part of that. And uh, as, as we were walking down, she's like, Daddy, I don't want to do it. So we go in the room, and, and I was like, are you nervous, or do you not want to get baptized now? We don't want to force anybody into this, right? It's, it's knowledge and heart. So, so anyway, um, she's like, no, I'm just nervous. I was like, I'm nervous every Sunday. We can get through that. So uh, she came out very courageously. Uh, today, I am going to talk on uh, hope. Is that okay if I talk on hope? We've been in a series we just finished talking about the simplicity of the gospel, and uh, we started with the blood, went to the, the cross, talked about the power that his name, the name, right? And then Corey talked about the Holy Spirit. Josh finished it last week with kingdom family, that we are invited into a family. Through Jesus, we are now connected to an eternal family, right? So at any rate, uh, today, I just, I felt like going into this week, I was like, man, I was talking to Steve Backlund over the weekend, and what a hopeless world that we're living in right now. Um, I, it's, it's very hope-deprived. Would, would anybody agree with that? I, I put on here, we're, we're living in a hope-deprived culture, a joy-challenged society, and a peace-depleted world kind of feels like the world, if we're looking at it from, from earthly perspective, and if we're looking at it from, from, from the worldly eyes, or Fox News, or CNN, or MSNBC eyes, it's pretty hopeless, isn't it? The good thing is, God has a different narrative, and he is the creator of the universe, and he's the king of kings, and he's not up for re-election. So we get to, to, to actually be in a very ripe harvest environment when we are carriers of hope, when we are carriers of joy, when we're carriers of peace, we get to actually be the hope of glory because Christ is in us. So in a hopeless world, this is good news for the believers because we get to present the hope of Jesus to everyone around us. Sometimes the greatest revivals come from the greatest tragedies and the greatest needs and the greatest hardships. I don't know if you know that about in your life, but when I finally reached full surrender was when I reached some of the hardest times in my life. Most of my dependency on God came from the greatest challenges that I've walked through. 
I'm like, oh man, Lord, I was trying to do this without you. Anybody else ever kind of like wake up and you realize, man, I've been trying to do this without you. I can't do this without you. So today I want to just encourage you, and I hope that I'm an encourager today, that you will leave out of here more hope-charged, more joy-charged, more peace-charged, and that the Lord begins to remove some lenses from the glasses that the world has been trying to put on us, and we start to see from a heavenly perspective. We start to see maybe from a little bit of a glory realm and a God realm and, and a realm that looks actually really positive and optimistic and really, really good. Is it cool if, I, if we just go there for a minute? I asked Nicole, I was like, is it okay if I preach like 15 minutes? Is that like, if I, are the people going to feel cheated? She's like, no, that's really good. And then I started to like lean into this and I started getting more notes and more notes and more notes. So I was like, so I'm sorry, it's not going to be 15 minutes today. It's going to be about an hour and 15 minutes, okay? All the upper roomies are like, yes, more. And everybody who's new, like, we are not used to this. We want out. We're ready for lunch. Our church at home is an hour. What are you guys doing here? You've already worshiped for an hour. If you come back, you'll get used to it, I promise. I was like, man, it's pretty crowded in here. I was like, some people might be uncomfortable. And then the Lord reminded me of a story when a Jesus with a woman with the issue of blood pressed through a crowd just to get to Jesus. I think sometimes our society's made church so easy and make sure the parking lot's not more than 85%. Make sure the building isn't more than 85% capacity because if people can't find a seat right away, they're gonna get upset and they might leave and might not come back. But I just remember this woman with an issue pressed through a crowd to touch just the hem of his garment. They encountered, she encountered him in such a way, got powerfully delivered in such a way that the crowd no longer mattered and no longer was she known with a woman with an issue of blood. But Jesus says, your faith daughter has made you well. I'm okay to push through a crowd to encounter Jesus, to be touched by him, to touch him, and to leave with a new identity, no longer with an issue, but being a son or a daughter. You guys good with that? Next week's a choice to come back. So, let's talk about hope. I think because Jesus is a hope dealer. Don't get confused. He is dope, but he's a hope dealer. I was going to start with dad jokes. Can I, can I revert back as that silly one just came out? Let's start with some dad jokes. I was like, today's the perfect day for dad jokes. Let's start with dad jokes. You're like, crap, he's already done the intro. Now he's just reverting back. Do you know why Jesus shouldn't be going into jewelry stores? Because he'll break every chain. That's right. Now Evelyn found these for me. I have not proofread them yet. What did Adam say when he was asked his favorite holiday? It's Christmas Eve. Which king liked to do things on his own? Solomon. Solomon. You'd probably have to see that one to make it funnier. Why did Adam and Eve do math every day? They were told to be fruitful and multiply. I like Evelyn's personality. These are coming from a now 11-year-old, okay? What did the janitor say when he jumped out of the closet? Supplies. <laughs> Leah, you like that one, don't you? Is she even in here? Why did McDonald's run out of chicken McNuggets? The farmer counted his chickens before they were hatched. Eh. I'll talk to her about that one, okay? Have a little chat with Evelyn about that. Just kidding. 
Jesus alone is hope. Let me start here. Matthew 12, 21 says this. So Jesus came to restore all hope. He came to seek and save that which was lost. The Bible says he came to seek and save that which was lost. What's that? I believe living in the last year and a half, maybe living through your life, maybe living through challenging times, maybe if you go back to childhood, there was things, maybe purity was stolen. Maybe innocence was stolen. Maybe, maybe you were abandoned by somebody, abused by somebody. But Jesus came to restore that which was lost. That, it, it covers everything, right? So, so he became also to restore that which was lost. He came to restore hope that's been lost, to restore joy that's been lost, to restore peace that's been lost. So it says in Matthew 12, 21, and his name will be the hope of all the world. Jesus came to be hope, okay? So the future is bright. I don't, I don't know a ton of things about what the future holds, but I know this, that the future is bright, it's full of promise, and it's full of hope. Why? Because Jeremiah 29, 11 confirms it and says this, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope, a good future, a good hope. So I don't know what all the future holds, and let me just say, the future might hold some more hardship, the future might hold some death in, in our family members, or, or it might hold some sickness. When we take vows on our wedding days, we make this commitment to our spouse, unto death do us part. We make these commitments as if hard times should come, that we're still committed to one another, right? It's the same thing as people made this commitment to Jesus today in this public ceremony, it's called baptism, right? This outward expression, this symbolism of what's happening in the inward heart. We are making this commitment that even if bad times come, Lord, I'm committed to you. You're my dad, you're my creator, you're my savior, right? You're my groom, you're the bridegroom, we're the bride. So, so we are committed to this even if bad times should come and, and we're gonna get through some of this. But let me just say the future is bright because our circumstance and our situation and society and culture and things going on in the news headlines around the world do not dictate the goodness of God. They do not dictate my hope level because I have an emotion, I have an inner thing within me that comes only from Jesus regardless of what's going on around me. I heard Joyce Meyer say once that joy, joy is a choice. I get to ask Jesus into my heart and then all of a sudden everything changes. One, one scriptural context for this would be, it says his grace is sufficient for all needs. It doesn't say we won't ever go through a mess, we won't go through things. No, when we go through those, we have the grace. We have the assurance of hope. We have the assurance of things believed and hoped for called faith, right? That knowing that with him, we can get through this. Let, let me carry on. These babies that we dedicated today. Literally, we was having a conversation recently and, and know that somebody was like, why would I bring a baby into this world? I don't want babies. Why would I do that? Why would I bring babies into this world that's falling apart, that's dark, that's full of sin, that's full of issues and, and crisis right now? Let me just say this. God needs these babies to reach their generation of darkness. God did not make a mistake, and God, let me just say this, parents, don't be worried and don't be concerned that our babies are growing up in some of these messes, because your grandmas and grandpas and your great-grandmas and grandpas and your great-great-grandmas and grandpas grew up in some pretty bad stuff, too. And here we are. We were born and we were created for such a time as this. He foreknew them and called them by name. He numbered the hairs on your head before you're ever created called you by name at the foundation of the earth it says he built he created man and it says they created man in our image and their image they created us human beings right the father son and holy spirit created man in his image 
He did not make a mistake when he created these three babies we dedicated today. He didn't make a mistake when he created you. And we're like, well, it's, it's a world full of hopelessness. It's a world full of fear right now. Yep, and that's why we need babies dedicated unto the Lord to bring Jesus into these situations. We need you in your workplace to bring hope to the people around you. We need you as a kingdom, powerful, fiery Jesus follower person, right? To reach the people around you, to reach that person with her head down ringing you out because she's had a bad day, or that person at the restaurant messing things up because she's going through a hardship in her life or his life. Let me, let me, let me just keep moving on here. Romans 15, 13, this is pretty much the key verse today. Now, Corey, I don't see him here today. I was going to call him out. I'll have to save it and just do it twice. He's like, now, I'm not going to be like Aaron and have like four closings. I'm just going to close once. Five minutes later, five minutes later, he says, now, in closing. Did you, did you guys catch that two weeks ago? He had multiple closings, that dog. He's not even here to defend himself. Let's talk real bad about him because this is the kingdom family. Let's gossip so hard. All right, Romans 15, 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, I, if you get nothing else today and you remember no other scriptures, remember this one right here. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and what? Peace. Because you trust, or in some contexts, they believe in him. Then you will overflow with confident what? Hope. Through the power of who? Holy Spirit, our hope does not come from the world around us. Thank God. <laughs> our hope does not come from the person that's, that's giving me gifts or, or that car that, that still smells new. Our hope does not come from that house or that promotion or that position or that bank account. Our hope comes from Jesus trusting him, believing in him. And then from that flows out joy and peace. And then we have hope from the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. If we build our hope around what's going on in the world, we are certainly going to lead to hopelessness. Let, let me just say this. There is no such thing as hopeless situations. There's only hopeless people. Because when I have Christ in me, the source of hope, any situation can have hope in it. Let, let, let me carry on. Colossians 1.27 says it like this. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of his glory. To them, even those in the world, even those who may not think like us, are the riches of the glory of the mystery. I always say there's a verse in the Bible that says we'll never understand all the mysteries of God, but isn't it fun trying? It says that it's, a, it's a matter of kings to search out the mysteries. Aren't we called a royal priesthood? Then it says this. This is the key. To the mystery which is Christ in you. Say Christ in me. If you're not a believer, you're going to be by the time you walk out of here just through osmosis and me calling and declaring that you're going to be a believer. Christ in you, the hope of glory. When the hope of glory is in you, you are no longer hopeless. You are filled with the hope of Christ. When Christ is in you, you now get to reap from these spiritual fruits 
like love and joy and peace and gentleness and kindness and, and patience, right? We get to now say, okay, we're gonna be so full of the Holy Spirit, these fruits that pop out of us are now these good things that come from the glory of Jesus. I'm so overflowing that my cup runs over and I get to leak out onto others and when I'm squeezed, that's the real stuff that pops off rather than this anger. Ah. I'm not gonna lie, I was in the car this week this dude about caused me and my entire family to wreck. I may have honked my horn. And I may have done one of those. Not one of these. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nicole's like, really? You're going to do that? She's like, the honk was okay, Aaron. Because he's like, totally. I just swerve and go crazy. The honk was okay, Aaron, but really you had to put your hand up? He's like, he's not even paying attention. I said, then it didn't matter. I'm not up here because I'm perfect. I'm up here because I was called to be up here. I'm still in process. Nicole's like, the honk was okay. The hand was, and I was like, yeah, you're right. That was dumb. Because I was squeezed, and all of a sudden, Jesus didn't come out. But I was on my way to speak at a conference. <laughs> it was like, Jesus, fill me up. I want good stuff to come out. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Because I want you to know this. Hope springs from faith, not our circumstance. Hope is so attached to faith that it springs up out of faith, not the situations around us, not, not what I, how I've been raised, not what I've been exposed to, not to the tragedy of my life. Hope is, is springed up from faith, and it says this, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, not seen. Faith is the confidence. I love this version. Faith is the confidence that we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Do you remember when Jesus cursed the fig tree? It wasn't even in season, and he cursed the fig tree. Let, let me just say this. There's a whole other message to that. An apple tree is still an apple tree even when it's not in season and even when it's not bearing fruit yet. I've planted fruit trees, and it takes several years. My father-in-law's here today, and, and he planted peach trees several years ago. And, and finally this year, it was a booming crop. And I even got to reap from, the, from, from that harvest. And now I've got seeds that are in a refrigerator and soil waiting to be planted. And I pass some of those seeds on to three or four other people, right? But here's the deal. Just because it didn't bear fruit for six or seven years doesn't mean it wasn't still a peach tree. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It was destined to be a peach tree. This isn't me. <laughs> but I know who I am and I know that I was convicted by that. And I know that the Lord says, still calls me a child of God, still calls me a beloved son, still calls me redeemed and set free. I just sometimes need to remind that man that he's dead. Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the what? The good news, the word, the good news, the gospel, the good news about Jesus. Now let's go to a long story here. 2 Kings 4. 8 through 36 and this is going to be my first of seven closings just kidding this is the heart of it and the meat and then we'll close this is this this chapter is actually pretty cool it's filled with about four stories of elisha and um and, and he's and he's doing these miracles and it's really cool to see and this one to me spoke of what 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 our world is going through what some of you are going through even, even some of you, it's hard to come on a day like this when you have longed for natural children and the Lord has still not blessed in that area and there's been challenges and hardships and, and maybe even loss of life through some of that. 
And you're like, oh, now they got a baby. And I'm just here to say, like, if God promised you a baby, like Abraham and Sarah, your baby's coming. And this, to me, spoke not, just, spoke not just natural children, but also spiritual children. But here's the thing. When it looks desolate, because hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's really why I wanted to pick this story. One day, Elijah went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there, and she urged him to come to her at home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops him from time to time is a holy man of God. Let's build a small room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp. Then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. When God, isn't it amazing when we recognize Jesus, what we'll make way for? Opening up our home to him. One day, Elijah returned to Shunem and he went up to the upper room to rest. Oh, that's cool. And he said to his servant, Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elijah said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? Can we put in a good word for you and the king or to the commander of the army? No, she replied, my family takes good care of me. Later, Elijah asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? Gehazi replied, she doesn't have a son and her husband is an old man. Call her back again. Elijah told him, when the woman returned, Elijah said to her, and she stood in the doorway, next year at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me and get my hopes up like that. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant, and at the time of the following year, she had a son, just as Elijah had said. One day, when her child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly, he cried out, my head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on her lap. But around noontime, he died. Everybody say he died. I think sometimes the situations that we go through look a bit like this. And all of a sudden, we have these promises. We have even these prophecies. We have these prayers that we've petitioned for the Lord, right? And then all of a sudden, they're yes and amen. And, and like we have these promises over our nation, we have promises over society and culture and our kids and our kids as kids, right? We have these things and then all of a sudden something changes. So we're like, God, why would you promise that if you're gonna take it away? Has anybody else thought that? Or we, we may not be there yet. We might be like, why hasn't it happened yet? And then we get hopeless because hope deferred makes the heart sick. And we're gonna reread that verse in a minute. But, but these things are like, if we keep experiencing letdown, if we keep experiencing injustices in our culture, if we keep experiencing negativity and these things that we know are promised in our land, that we know are promised in our nation, that we know are promised in our lives or our family or our future, all of a sudden hope deferred makes this heart sick and why should I keep faith? They have this son that was promised by the prophet. It comes completely to fruition. A year later, she's holding this baby boy. I'm telling you to hold on to those promises. Hold on to that hope that's in Jesus. Abraham and, and, and Sarah, they were promised a son. 25 years, it doesn't come to pass. Even she was so old when the Lord told her she'd have a son that she laughed 25 years later, she still doesn't have a son. They take matters into their own hands and they get Ishmael. And because of Ishmael, now we have Islam. It's amazing that when our hope deferred and we start focusing on the natural, we start focusing on what's happening around us or the situation or the circumstances, never take things into your own hands 
When Jesus gave you the solution in your heart, him. Or we end up with an Ishmael and we end up with all of this craziness in our world. If you didn't know that, the seed of Ishmael was the seed of Islam, which is the Muslim religion. When there was a son of promise all along. Let, let, me, let me carry on here. So the servant took him home and his mother held him in her lap, but around noontime he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can hurry to a man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, I will be all right. Listen, against, within our religious laws and our beliefs, it is not the, the, the Sabbath, it is not, it is not, um, it is not the day of atonement. Why, why are you going now, right? Let me just say this. Jesus goes against culture. He's okay to go against society. He's okay to do some pretty creative, non-traditional things. You ever thought about some of that? The woman caught in the act of adultery, Moses' law said you should be stoned. He who's without first sin, he who's without sin, cast the first stone. He's okay to go against tradition. He, he spit in mud once and rubbed it in a blind guy's eyes and they, he knew he was healed. <laughs> this stuff's crazy. Why go today? He asked. It's neither new moon festival nor Sabbath. But she said, it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you. As she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elijah saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, is everything all right with you, with you your husband, and your child? Yes, the woman told Gehazi, everything is fine. <laughs> Where was her hope? You gave me this son. You promised me a son. You said I'd hold a son. Everything's fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell at the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She is deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elijah said to Gehazi, get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go home with me. So Elijah returned with her. Some things are worth pursuing. Some things are worth fighting for. There is a hope that's worth fighting for. There is a prophetic word worth fighting for. There is a promise on your life that's worth fighting for. Gehazi hurried on ahead and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elijah and told him, the child's still dead. When Elijah arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone, shut the door behind him, and prayed to the Lord. Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And he stretched out on him, and the child's body began to grow warm again. Elijah got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Long story short, the boy was raised from the dead. 
Let me just say, the same breath that Elijah breathed on that boy in his mouth is the same breath that Jesus is breathing on our nation today. It's his Holy Spirit. It's the same wind that breathed through and whipped through the, the upper room on the day of Pentecost. It is the same Ruach breath that was breathed into Adam's and Eve's and Adam's nostrils for the life. It's the same word. There is a wind that's blowing, and if we, if we look at, at society and we look at news more than we're waiting for Jesus to be the answer, we're going to miss that wind. Only 120 actually caught the wind in the upper room that day. There's a flood. There's these things that are coming, right? If we're not hearing the voice of the Lord and we're listening more to the voice of others, all of a sudden we may miss something, but God has called us to breathe life. God has called you to breathe hope. God has called you to breathe joy and to breathe peace. Let me, let me finish this up. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. I love the passion translation in this. It says, says it this way. When hope's dream seems to drag on and on and on and on and on and on and on, the delay can be depressing. How many agree with that? Enough's enough in our nation. Enough's right? We're getting frustrated. There's injustices. There's, there's things that are going on with a pandemic, with, with injustices and races, all of this stuff. Enough's enough. It feels like it's going on and on. And it gets depressing. Turn off the news. Facebook is a loaded gun. And it could be really good and really effective and such a great ministry tool, but it could be so devastating if your heart's not in the right place and you get drugged down and into that mud. But when at last your dream comes true, Life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. That's the life that is breathed from God into our death-like situations, into our hopeless situations, in our joy and peace-deprived situations. Revelations 21.5 says, and the one sitting on the throne, look, I am making everything new. I love, I love in the Bible it says, look, winter has passed, springtime has come. The birds are singing, Right? I remember the spies that were sent to, the, to, to, to check out the land. And, and the only thing they saw were, were 10 of them saw, saw just the, the mass, the large, vast army, right? But two. Everybody say, it only takes two. It only takes two for a church service. He'll be in the midst. It only takes one for a worship movement because we'll be incensed to his nostrils. Two of them, they see it differently. Listen, God sees this situation way different than we do. God sees your hardship way different than you do. God sees your circumstance. God sees this nation. God sees this society way different than we do. He sees it full of milk and honey. He sees it as a promised land when we're seeing it as a problem. There, there are so many things going on right now, and, and I know in individual lives. But let me just say, he doesn't always change the circumstance, but he changes the outlook. He changes the outcome. There was still the fiery furnace. They still went to the fiery furnace, but the outcome, oh man, it changed the kingdom. There was still the flood, but man, it changed history. There was still a crucifixion, but boy, the resurrection still came. Sometimes our circumstance may not change, but the hope in us, the hope of glory, the joy that gives us peace, right? The, the, the hope and the Jesus that in us gives us joy and peace through the power of the Holy Spirit, his hope. Let, let, me, let me carry on here. Ephesians 4, 17 through 24 says this. 
I promise I am closing now. Officially. Now this I say and testify in the Lord. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the fully minds. This is to the people that got baptized and all of us who are already walking in the new life. You must no longer walk as Gentiles walk. You may no longer, you must no longer walk as sinners walked, as those who did not know Jesus, as those who do not understand the fullness of this new life, right? They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. I had a hard heart before Jesus. And now I'm this sappy, mushy girl dad that loves Jesus. They have become callous and have even given themselves to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not what we learned from Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. How many of you the truth will set us free? Come on. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and to corrupt through deceitful desires. And to be renewed by the Spirit in our what? Our minds. Our hope changes here. The hope is already here. There's this 18-inch journey that we have to get it here. I'm giving you the solution to hope. The practical solution to hope is here. The real solution is Jesus here. The practical solution is here. Let me, let me finish this. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and righteousness. We get to become unreasonably optimistic. Because our hope through the faith, our hope through faith in Jesus is what changes everything. We can't change circumstances, but we can change our mindset. Let, let, me, let me finish this. I'm not into positive thinking, but I'm, I'm into biblical optimism. I think positively too. Nicole and I constantly have this debate if it's better to be an optimist or a pessimist. I was like, optimist, of course. It's better to, to always be positive and, and only occasionally let down. And she calls it realist. I say she's walking, she's a deliver, she's, uh, she's uh, what do I call it, delivering pessimist? Huh? No, you're not, I don't know about that yet. <laughs> Just kidding, she is delivered and set free. She's like, no, it's better to be a pessimist and just occasionally surprised. <laughs> I don't think so. Nobody's past can stop them, but their current beliefs can. Your past doesn't control you. Your, your history doesn't matter to Jesus as much as your destiny. Let, let, me, let me finish this up because what we see is way different than how God sees. We may see a problem, God sees an opportunity. We may see dry bones, but God sees an army. We may see that we're wandering in the desert and we just want to go back to slavery because we want to know where our meal is going to come from and a place to sleep, right? But Jesus, he sees the promised land. We see a desert. We don't even recognize the manna falling from the sky, the birds falling from the sky, water bursting up from a rock, right? We just see this desert and we're wandering and we're wandering and wandering. Sometimes it looks like we're in a pretty desolate place in our nation or society or, or the situation you may be walking out. Let me just say this, God sees a promised land. God sees a victory. God sees an opportunity. God's not done yet. I'm gonna give you one last Aaron quote. Don't let last season's disappointments dictate next season's destinies. Yeah. 
Let's say that again. Don't let last season's disappointments dictate next season's destinies. I said that once a couple years ago on a, on, a, on a January, like, first service. Don't let last year's disappointment, I'm switching it. Don't let last season's disappointments dictate next season's destinies. You were destined for greatness. You were destined to be hope-filled, to have joy, to have peace, to have eternity with him. That is your destiny. Your destiny is heaven. Your lifestyle gets to be heaven. John 10, 10 says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, or destroy, but Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. That's the life I get to live. Life, eternal life in heaven as a destination and abundant life here on earth as heaven as a lifestyle. I get to bring joy to the ones around me. I get to bring peace to the ones around me. Why? Because Christ lives in me and he came to set the captives free. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to restore things in the world around me. Why don't you stand with me? I hope you're leaving understanding that there is a God in heaven that created all of the universe that's really good that is not afraid of your mess he's not afraid to dig in your dirt just like the woman caught in adultery he is not afraid to get down and write down your new name to catch your eyes if they got shame on them and to dig in your dirt and mess in your mess he's not afraid of that I do have this belief that we come as we are and, and, and I come as, 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 as a person and I leave way different. His presence transforms things, situations, but most of them all, people. When we have him inside us, all of a sudden we get to come in alignment and believe that. I love this saying, the moment you believe in Jesus, you get saved. The moment you realize he believes in you, you get transformed. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind. We get to understand hope in a faith level by the renewing of our mind and actually believing what God says is true and absolute. Did you know that? <laughs> this is the absolute truth of God. When he made himself real to me and I encountered his tangible presence and I met him, all of a sudden, the very thing I didn't believe in, every bit of it became real. I don't avoid the things I'm uncomfortable with. I don't avoid the things that I maybe didn't grow up learning about. The Bible says desire, seek after all of his gifts. I look at this and I, I just love this life. I love this. And I get to look at this and I get to read this and I get to just, just eat this books in such a way that everything in here becomes an invitation to me. Raising the dead, seeing blind eyes healed, walking on water, I know that's crazy. I know that is crazy talk. But I serve a God that is a crazy God who has crazy love for me and crazy love for his sons and daughters. And if it's in here and I get to believe it and I get to try it and I get to be hungry for it and I get to be open to it and I get to just see what the Lord has in store for me. And I'm encouraging you to do the same thing. And there is a book here that is full of the life of Jesus, of hope, of joy, of peace, of fulfillment, of purpose. We may live in a hopeless world, but I don't have to be hopeless. We may live in a hopeless society, but I get to be joy-filled. I get to have peace. That's the invitation today. Your invitation is to walk out of here full of hope, full of joy.
full of peace because you get to have a Jesus full inside of you by the power of his Holy Spirit. I would love to just pray for you and I'd love to activate you for a moment. I believe the Lord's doing something in this room. I was ready just to just send you real quick. But I believe there's something going on in this atmosphere where he's encountering hearts right now. There's something powerful of it in his blood. There's something powerful about what he did on the cross, his resurrection. There's something powerful in his name. There's something powerful in this word. Let me just pray for you. Just put your hands on your heart and one on your head. Jesus, we thank you that you are the God of hope that no matter what's going on around us, no matter what's going on in us, that you fill us to the point of overflow, that you get to flush all of the fear out, all of the anxiety out, all of the trauma out, all of the hurt out, all of the abandonment out, all of the bitterness out, all of the unforgiveness out. All of the past, the mistakes, he is the God who he says he is. I just invite you to receive him right now. Just in your own way, your own heart. I believe he's moving on the hardest of hearts right now the messiest of situations right now. I believe there's reconciliation right now in this room for hearts to him and in relationships. I believe that he can move on the most dark person. I believe he can transform the hardest heart the most wicked past. I believe that his crucifixion and his blood is more powerful than that. I believe that he can move on the hardest nation, on any nation that's turning and turned from God. I believe that he can move on the hardest politician, the most corrupt people, the most corrupt business owners, the most corrupt agendas. I believe that his word is what he says it is. I believe he is who he says he is. I do not have to believe a news headline of devastation and destruction. I get to believe in a Jesus who's the solution to all of that. I get to have the hope of his glory living inside of me, breathing out of my mouth life into others. I believe there's some dreams to be caught in here today. I believe there's some prophecies to be received today. I believe there's promises to be fulfilled today. I believe he's renewing minds, he's restoring hope, and he's fulfilling dreams right now. We thank you, Jesus. Just for one moment, just let him love on you. For heaven's sake, let him love on you. I believe he's healing hurts from upbringings right now. I believe he's rewiring some, some theologies even right now. 
I know it might be awkward for some, but the Lord is just doing something in this moment that we'll never get this opportunity in this group of people again right now on this day and this year. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of sozo. Being saved, healed, and delivered. We get to walk out afresh. Not just the people that got baptized. We, all of us, get to walk out afresh anew. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just pray that you multiply that. pray that that's a, this is that this moment in time is an eternal seed to take fruit to reap a harvest in our hearts and our thoughts and our renewed minds and in the people around us in our workplaces and our kids and our homes and our marriages and our kids as kids and our future kids in society and movements in the kingdom and churches oh, Lord I thank you answer is Jesus. I'm sorry, I can't stop for a minute. The answer is Jesus. Can we just, can we just pray for a moment? I think we need to pray for our churches and our schools and our governments and our leaders and our nations. Just right now in your own way, however you like to pray, just pray. I believe there's a moment of intercession here where we're going to pray on those behalf who don't know how, who won't or can't. Lord, we just bless our leaders right now. He is the answer. He is the answer to the problems. There's a holy moment here. Let's just grab onto it, Lord. We invite you into this moment. You're already in it, Lord. We thank you. We invite you to take grip and hold into school systems, into governments, into businesses, into entire industries, into healthcare systems, Lord, into nations, into our nation, into our state, God, into churches, Lord, regardless of denomination or buildings, Lord. We invite you, Lord, to have precedence in every church. We invite you to be planted, not programs. We host your presence, Jesus. We love on people, Jesus. We don't condemn and, and rebuke, but we love on people. We invite them into a relationship with you, that you are truly the hope of glory. You are truly the source of joy. You truly are the source of peace. I'm gonna invite my wife up with a microphone and she's just gonna end this. She has this beautiful gift to, to call forward in an environment what the Lord is doing in heaven and what he's doing in a room. And I'm gonna let her end this thing. Just think of the verse that says our prayers are powerful and effective that is the truth I don't know about you but just I've been I've been asking a lot of questions why am I praying if this happens this way anyhow I know this enemy is just really trying to mess with me but I just know that the Bible says 
my prayers are powerful and effective. And so everything we just prayed here with him while he was praying, all of that stuff is impacted, it's different, and it's changed now because of what we just prayed. It may not look like what we think it looks like. It may not turn out the way that we think the best way would be, but something happened when we prayed. And so I'm just going to pray again. I just think the enemy would want us to shut up of our prayers. Because I'm telling you that some of the major things I've prayed for in the last couple weeks have not happened the way I wanted them to. Time and time and time again, I've prayed and I'm like trying to, like, I think it would be better if this happened and then it doesn't. So God knows something I don't and I'm not going to stop praying and I'm not going to stop my hope and I'm not going to stop my faith just because it ended differently, it looked differently, it didn't come out the way I thought it should come out. And so I'm just going to release that over you that, Lord, we declare that we are a people who will pray. We will speak the truth. We will speak what you tell us to speak. Your Holy Spirit is moving. You are the God who answers our prayers. We trust that what you do and how you work in situations is exactly how you need it to go. And so we just declare that our prayers are powerful and effective. I thank you, Father, that as we walk out today, we feel different, we look different, we act different, we see impact, whether it's today, tomorrow, or a month from now, but we trust that in your goodness, in your kindness, in your love for us, that you're moving, you're moving, you're shifting, and you're changing, and I thank you. We will not shut up, we will not be silent, we will not just sit back and watch things happen. We will not let our past dictate our future. Thank you for hope. In Jesus' name. Okay, I think I got my composure. Thank you, Nicole. No, you're, you can stay up here. It's just like a comfort thing, like a teddy bear. <clears throat> like a blanket. Um, we, we have a prayer team, okay? And uh, we're going to invite them up. And if you, you came here, maybe you don't know Jesus as Messiah. We always, we never want to dismiss a service without allowing you the opportunity to meet the, the most amazing creator, savior on the universe, the only one who's still alive. And uh, so if you don't know Jesus, you've not asked him to your heart, uh, we'd invite you to that. If you need healing in your body, healing in a relationship, if you need prayer for anything, uh, the prayer team can pray for you. Also, we just are so thankful. Can we give Jesus a praise for everybody that got baptized? and the babies that got dedicated. This is a joyous time. We may have moved into some serious intercession for some things, but the, the, the heaven is rejoicing and so are we. Uh, families, if you wanna stick around and get pictures and, uh, and do that with those who got baptized or dedicated, you're welcome to. We love you. Um, and uh, we have a little celebration out there with cookies and balloons to celebrate today and don't forget your kindness to go bags we love you guys bless you may God's face shine upon you may he bless you in the city in the country and you're coming and you're going may you be the lender not the borrower bless you we'll see you and may need a few more prayer people if uh if we see some crowd gathering up here we love you guys <laughs>